I bring you God's grace and mercy and peace in his holy and majestic name. We are thinking about the baptism of Jesus for today. As we begin, I ask you to bend your hearts with me in prayer towards God. We pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful that you have gathered us here today. We ask your benediction on our time in the word that this moment might be a pleasing exchange. As we hear the rhetoric, the conversation, the proclamation of your son Jesus Christ, what that baptism means for him, and most importantly, what it means for us even for today. Bless us, Lord. We beg you to answer this with a yes for the sake of your son Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Uh, so this morning I brought with me an illustration, if I may. This is my laptop bag. Uh, this bag, in my opinion at least, is sleek, beautiful, only $10 on Amazon itself. I like to think when I walk into a room, people say, wow, he's got it together. Look at this gorgeous laptop bag. But if you know me, even for a little bit, you will know that lurking just underneath the surface is a whole host of craziness. I did not add too much extra for today. Uh, there are lint rollers, of course, uh, random jerseys, just in case. I have confirmation tests in here that needed grading. I got Legos, and the list goes on. My point is this. I am convinced this is the Christian life. We put up... To people, I got it all together. Look how good my life is, but lurking just underneath the surface is a whole hot mess of a lot of different emotions, situations, and problems in our lives. Our rocky marriages, our finances that are crazy and out of whack, our lingering eyeballs. And in all of those instances, God comes and reorientates us today to the baptism of Jesus Christ. For you see, in the baptism of Jesus, we get a picture. Uh, we get a picture of Jesus who goes out and submits to something, not for his sake, but for ours. He goes out and meets this eccentric man named John the Baptist. He wears this crazy, uh, different type of clothing. He has this strange uh, food diet made of uh, locusts and wild honey. And as Jesus comes out to him and asks him to be baptized, at first the exchange uh, didn't seem or appear like it was going to happen, but finally John relents and Jesus himself is baptized. In my opinion, this is one of the most strange pieces of scripture that we have. For you see, in baptism, we know what it does. Baptism makes us a child of God. Baptism forgives us. Baptism gives us new clothes. Baptism washes away sin, but Jesus, he doesn't need any of that. Jesus is already God's son. Jesus already has pure clothes. Jesus is already holy and blameless and perfect. But Jesus goes in that river Jordan to be baptized, not for his sake, but for you and for me. You know, Christians have commented on this often for the last 2,000 years. For you see, in my baptism, in your baptism, something happens where we get the junk taken off of us. It's our sin is washed away, but in Jesus' baptism, it's not that stuff gets taken off of him, but instead stuff gets heaped onto him. It's not an accident that this happens at the start of his ministry. For you see, when Jesus goes into that river Jordan to be baptized, he doesn't get washed of his sin. He gets my sin heaped on him. 
so that he would carry to the cross and there be put to death for it. He goes to that cross for our financial shambles, our rocky marriages, our wandering eyeballs, so we can say, Christ did those things, not me. So we might stand before God holy and righteous and redeemed forever. The baptism of Jesus is him taking on our sins so that we might be pure. You know, this idea of forgiveness that Jesus starts for today really lingers throughout the entirety of the New Testament and in his ministry as well. One of my favorite stories, perhaps you know it, comes from the New Testament when one of the friends of Jesus comes up to him and is struggling with someone he knows and says, Jesus, I got a problem with my friend, we'll call him Bill. A Bill keeps messing up. <laughs> Jesus, how many times should I forgive my friend? And she says, you know, Jesus, there's eight hours in a work day. What do you think? Seven times? Seven times? That's a lot of times to forgive someone who screws up. Jesus just looks at him and smiles and says, no, it's, it's not seven times. It's seven times 70. It's not about a number. The forgiven people of God forgive. Uh, this also plays out in perhaps one of my favorite stories in all of uh, Scripture. It's where Jesus, he encounters a woman who is caught in adultery. Where the guy is, we have no idea. The Scriptures don't say, but they drag this woman before Jesus, and they say, oh, Mr. Jesus, oh, Mr. Holy Man, oh, Mr. Righteous Person who knows it all, what should we do with this woman? For you see, Jesus, in the Old Testament, it says that we can put her to death for these things. Oh, Mr. Forgiveness Man itself, who should we listen to? <laughs> and what does Jesus do? He stoops down with his finger. He just starts drawing in the ground. Now, we have no idea what he writes there. Maybe, quite frankly, he's just buying time and thinking. Maybe instead of doodling in the ground... Uh, when Jesus stoops down, he starts writing the names of the accusers that brought this woman before him. He writes Bill, Frank, Susan, Jean. But maybe Jesus, he doesn't doodle, he doesn't write names, maybe he writes particular other sins. He doesn't write adultery, maybe he writes liar, cheater unwilling to let a grudge go. But whatever our Savior does for today, he simply stands up and is silent as one by one those accusers leave them until it's just her and Jesus. And he looks at her and says, a woman, your accusers are gone. I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. The idea of forgiveness is central to Jesus, and it starts in baptism. You know, my family has been living in Wisconsin now. Uh, for several months, we've gotten to take in some of the highlights. Uh, there's lots of fun things you can do in Wisconsin. You know them far better than I do. Uh, one of the greatest things we like to do was uh, going to the Shalom Wildlife Zoo, if you've been there. My kids were blown away. They've never been able to get so close to an animal before and actually feed them with their own hands. Wild on several levels. And as we were there having this great experience, my kid just looks up at me and says, Dad, this is the coolest thing in the world. Can we buy this zoo? 
Oh, son. <laughs> uh, one, um, the zoo's not for sale. Two, if the zoo was for sale, I couldn't afford it. <laughs> and three, a grandma and grandpa took us here anyways. It was a gift. We live in Wisconsin. We can go anytime we want. It's basically ours anyways. <laughs> My friends, that's forgiveness. One, it's not for sale. Two, if forgiveness was for sale, we couldn't afford it. And three, we're children of God. It's ours anyways. You know, Stanford uh, just put out this article on what forgiveness means for people. It, it tracked it just from a human, secular perspective, and it said this, the people who are willing to forgive, get this, the people who are willing to forgive are two times less likely to experience a heart attack. If you're willing to forgive, you are three times less likely to experience a stroke and four times less likely to experience a whole host of other ailments. And at the end of the article, I loved it. They said, there seems to be a direct physical correlation with forgiveness and letting emotional trauma go. From a theological perspective, we know that so well. Jesus gives us this gift for today that starts when we heap our sins upon him. So, oh, child of God for today, who do you identify with in our sermon? Uh, maybe you got a friend, Bill, who just keeps messing up seven times 70. And you need to hear today that you need to forgive them again. Maybe you're like the woman caught in adultery because you're struggling with something very similar to what she is. Maybe you got sins that perhaps Jesus wrote on the ground. A liar or a cheater or wandering eye. Whatever they are for today, the baptism of Jesus reminds us that for those who are in Christ Jesus, those sins are no longer yours. So that when we stand before God, we are holy and righteous. And it can be rightly said of Jesus, Jesus is a liar. Jesus has the wandering eye. Jesus is impure. Jesus is the adulterer. And God killed that sinner on the cross so that you and I might be something different. That's his baptism. And it means the world of forgiveness for us today. Let me close with this final scripture verse. It's from Ephesians chapter 4. St. Paul reminds us of this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. This is our hope. This is our grace. May our Jesus always keep us mindful of this. We pray in his mercy and peace, both now and forevermore. Amen.